Hello, Chris. Wow, you're loud as hell today, bro. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're excited about your new cord. Um, I'm excited about our new cord. Um, had some technical difficulties last time we were recording, but I think I got a real juicy fat daddy XLR to headphone cable. <laughs> this thing is, is thicker than... I, I don't even know. It's thicker than a large Sharpie. <laughs> wow, great comparison. I thought you were going to compare it to a woman's behind of some sort. No, um, no. This is a long... This is, this is more of a penis-like shape than anything on oh, a woman's body. Oh, I see. Body. So it's it's bigger than your dick, then, is what you're saying. Long, at the very least, it is longer. <laughs> the more important question, though, Kinfolk Chris, how are you doing? Kinfolk Chris is good, man. I'm just... I had a long day today. It's Chris we, spelled we, like Jenner. Sorry, continue. You already know the vibes. Mm. Um just a long day you know man got up early got my trainer in had to be on location for some tom brown content creation um what time did you wake up earlier than normal because you're already no 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 5 30 normal wake up time 5 30 ceo real ceo shit you know what i'm saying i actually Um, had to get up at 5 30 as well what'd you have to do walk a dog or something (sighs) Um, (laughs) well that that was one of my duties today if you must know but uh, but my LP had a shoot today, and she she had to be on set at like seven. So you had to steam some stuff for her so before she left. Her her alarm went off at five thirty, waking me up thirty minutes before my normal scheduled time. And and I I must say I had no problem waking up at five thirty. Bay was Bay was annoyed about how awake I was. <laughs> Well, that's because you were washing her feet, you know, before the shoot. So, I mean, yeah, baby, know. I'm a grown ass man. I I love to wash my queen's feet <laughs> off off rip. That's my that's my morning Joe. Some folks I, like coffee, tea, croissant, but not I. No, you just like twelve digits. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I you ca- know, Bay got an extra two toes. I, I thought she might. I've noticed her in, in in some interesting footwear choices. She can't wear the Vibram finger shoes. Um, she 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 owns a pair, but but she does have issues with them. That's you know to keep it all the way one hundred. That's I love when you keep it all the way. But yeah, so I, I I went to the dry cleaners this morning after seeing Hunter, and I you know. <laughs> I had to pick up my my suit, and I you know I haven't put on the Tom Brown uniform in months. I haven't put on anything of this caliber in months. And I tell you what, bro, I felt like a million fucking dollars. Was, yeah, I once felt, you put that skirt on, baby. Oh yeah, it was like LeBron suiting up for Game One of of the Finals, right? First of all, it was the regular suit. I wish I would have. I, I couldn't find the skirt in my closet when when my dear friend Dana Veraldi was was shipping the suit to me as a favor. My king, um, there is nothing regular about that uh, that hem line on those tbs but carry on they were a long pants um so technically I wore my, yeah i wore my suit with my my custom tom brown brogues that i tricked out with the vibram sold so i can really kick your ass when you start talking to me <laughs> um my t- you my got top, the, you got the tb shit kickers is what i you got, got the tv yeah you ain't you ain't ever seen these i would wear these to the fucking earth crisis show you know what i'm saying that's suited and booted ready for ready for your anarchist nyc district beat down exactly to, to, exactly. to partake exactly 
exactly. But it was a it was a great day. Tom himself was in good spirits. He was rocking a fire bucket hat on set, which I was just really like. He was really serving a look. Was it was it a Tom Brown bucket or was it a different brand? He would never. No, of course, no, no, of course, it was a Tom Brown bucket. But I, I, I it was, I believe it was reversible actually. But it looked very cool on him. <sighs> you know, all all good buckets are. That's a good point. So yeah, I've had a big day today. So then, and now I'm back in the lab, back in the AC, talking to you. Um, so it's been kind of a, you know, it's, it, I started at the top and now I'm ending somewhere near the bottom um, with a TJ combo. But I'll got take it. it you know? Um, well, there's plenty to cover. Don't worry. Uh, luckily. Luckily, you are a bottom, and we are here to get to the bottom of, of what has been going down. Yesterday, you and I played tennis, knocked the cobwebs off. It's been it's been a little while since I was on my uh, on my uh, vision quest journey out in Arizona. You did have a fun fun moment where I, I hit the ball to you. You attempted to return it, and then the ball went and it flew and smashed you square in the nose on the, on, the on the day before. Your your big your big Tom Brown skirt day and that luckily it wasn't bleeding but let's be honest there was a cut. I was shook, but I did feel like my play. You know, since my ankle injury, I haven't been one hundred percent. Yesterday, I feel like I was seventy five percent. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think you you saw the socks. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that <laughs> had something to do with my performance, or do you think that? Do you think I, I the socks were not good luck? I did no, I did see the socks. I mean, they were good luck because instead of me beating you six games to zero, <laughs> I beat you five games to one. So yeah, you did have a little little luck of the uh, luck of the Canadian Irish as you I mean, bro, as you're wearing your your certified when, lover boy play by Comde Garcon socks. When I look down, hearts at the, hearts over stripes. When I look down at my where my foot meets my leg, you know, and I see the word certified when I'm dripping in sweat, you know, it, it really makes me feel like an athlete. Yeah, the you good the saying? good part about those those certified socks is it, it says the word certified, but it's on a part of the foot that that is covered by the shoe. So only well, only, depending, pop, I was, only Papa knows. I was rocking. I mean, when I rock my Birkenstocks to the court, because you know, because I got to change into my my sure. court shoes when I get there. You know, then you can look down and see it, which is it's nice. It's it's like a little pick me up in the day. You know, what I mean, it's like a little mm-hmm. secret for me. Yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a daily affirmation where it's like, Bali, by golly, you know what? I am I am certified. I'm I am a certified, certified motherfucking killer. I am, I am, and it was good. <laughs> It it was good to get out there with you again, and that that court that we were in yesterday was nice and and private. It felt yeah. it felt almost like a residential court, which I, I TJ found. I don't know what suburb it's in. It's near Glendale, but I, it, I don't. It is where- the neighboring city of Glendale. It is you know a lot of people ask me for for real estate tips, of course, and. You know, this is a TJ pick. No one has the- ever, no one has ever asked you for a real estate tip. No one. I, I've got the golden touch. All right, ask anyone. Ask yeah, anyone, your, your, ask your, anyone down at Keller Williams, ask anyone <laughs> over at fucking those those jokers down at Compass. They they know where to find me and they they know My, that I'm TJ, pulling out top pick. TJ's I, name but I, bells, but I will Compass. say it again, I am always currently looking for any working capital. I can make your <laughs> investment dreams come true. I'm just a little cash poor right now. Um, I, understand. I understand. I'm not I'm not entirely liquid, so but I do have <laughs> I do have the skill. I, I do have the skills, and I'm able to choose what neighborhood is going to be. Um, so when you're way, ready, all the way lit in in seven to ten years, which when is a you're great ready investment. To, 
when you're ready to retire from the big city and move out to the suburbs, TJ is your man, the realtor to the stars. Yeah, Chris. What I mean, Chris, you 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 collect the bag on a daily basis, but I need I need people who are working with a little bit more capital to play with. You know what I mean? Like you good? No, look, I understand. I mean. I, you know, I'm a renter. I, I like the freedom. I want to be able to come and go as I please. You know what I mean? And, mm. and I, my plan is to make as much money as possible so I never have to think about anything again. So I'm, is there, I'm working- is there a, a year, an, an age year that you, that you want to hit and retire where you don't have to worry no, about it? No, I don't ever, I, why would, why would anyone retire? What the fuck? It's so boring. Retirement is for losers. Like, honestly, it's so boring. I want to work until I die. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe as you get a little bit older, you might be singing a different tune. Or maybe if you did something that was, you know, more tangible work, you might you might be feeling a different a different way. I don't, you know, Jason. Since we're partners in the same endeavor, I'm not <laughs> sure if you're in a position to call what I do any different than what you do. That is true. I'm just I'm just saying more of like don't don't get me wrong. You you get the job done. You collect the bag. You're a master of biz dev. And what you are is a is a closer, but you know a lot of the a lot of the the work that you're putting in is not necessarily like a manual tangible task. You know a lot no, of it, Jason, it's all going down I, in the brain, which is not a diss. But I'm it just seems saying, like a, it seems like a diss. Just because I'm not fucking digging holes in my front yard in the suburbs doesn't mean <laughs> I'm not a man. Okay, and I'm sick of this fucking line of questioning. Well, to be honest but, with you. You, you, my friend, are um, you know call him Kodak because you're you're projecting right now. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. All right. Well, no, I- we need to. I wanted to get onto a, a bigger subject, but I don't know if we have time before we hop on the get on with our guest Sam. So maybe we'll wait for that. But we were recently besmirched and featured in the NY Starter Pack Instagram page. And, yeah, uh, and, and and I I felt like it was honestly a little bit of an attack, considering that you you nor I have ever said hoodie shorts and hoodie season or hoodies and shorts season. That's lame. That is that is lame. There was there was a post made. You know, it was like a starter pack post. We've all seen them where it's a it's a collection of images that truly read someone or a, a thing where it's like you know blah 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 starter pack and then a picture of you know, like a, a crumpled up carton of cigarettes and like a empty coke bag and then you know a cha-cha matcha drink whatever you know whatever and then you're like oh that's me af blah 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 but we had one created about us that that showed like literally 99 percent of the items included in the starter pack had absolutely nothing to do with us and it's and it featured us saying if i hear one more bi-coastal elite fashion twitter accounts mentioning that it's shorts and hoodie weather or season i'm going to lose my mind or whatever and it had like a weird pair of like green nike shorts and like a noah hoodie and like a chair that i've never seen anyone i know have it was it was the the chair was pretty nice but i i would say the the chair i mean the chair was nice sure the chair the chair was nice but i i don't look i i don't I know. I think her point was that like it's not us; it's our listeners, which is very possible. And and unfortunately, you can't choose who listens to your podcast. So it, you know, it's like you can't choose who wears your clothes. It so is not possible. Even, even though a lot of cool, hot people, you know, listen to this podcast, 
you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking mouth breathers that would wear that outfit that listen to this podcast as well. And, and I disagree. Honest, that is false and fake news. All of our all of our listeners are hot, cool, young. I've said it before. Eighteen to twenty four demo. Fifty <laughs> percent female, fifty percent male, and they are all um, just at the end of the day, really good people who would never yeah. wear shorts and a hoodie or mention that you know wear that together or mention it publicly. You know, unless See, it was an emergency, I, you got to take out the trash or or, or pick I, up a mail package, perhaps. I think it's okay to wear those two garments together, but talking about it seems a little uncouth, a little silly, a little unness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we can I'm leave that also, to the to the jokers over at throwing fits to ever yeah, mention something yeah, about those, that. Those guys can wear their little their their big boots they made with their shorts and their hoodies, and they can go. You know, they can go to Greenpoint or wherever they go. You know. Um, <laughs> I I, I can go look, take I, a freaking hike if you ask me. I won't be I won't be wearing those kind of get ups to to my local eateries or coffee shops. I will continue to wear um my shorts and my tabby loafers and maybe a tasteful polo or button up. You know mm. what I mean? I don't need you know. Also in L A, bro, it's too hot for the hoodie. Like when you get, I, I mean, I have this brand new Champion Reverse Weave Vintage Dartmouth hoodie in a perfect green color that I haven't even been able to wear yet because it's so hot. She's sitting on ice, isn't she? I got fucking, I got garms on Deckington and I got nowhere to wear them. Mm, the life of CB. Nobody asked for this hell, but you're living in it. It's really hard. Um, Jason, oh, we do have a guest today. <laughs> <sighs> well, and, um, and, and our guest has been through a lot with us in the last 24 hours. Mm, <laughs> yeah, there's been, you know, timing, schedules flipped around we've had some we've had some issues but but our guest today is uh the writer sam hockley smith who actually lives in la thank god he's on pst um he used to work at uh new york magazine's vulture but he's contributed everywhere from uh you know pitchfork to victory journal to stereo gum you know the fader etc 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 and you know luckily timing is is really truly blessed Rolling Stone came out with the 500 best albums of all time today, um, and of course it's torched. But I, I want to—I love having a music business professional on to give us give us their opinion on on you know Marvin Gaye being number one. Like, have, has, have these guys not heard Exile on Main Street? Like, what's the fucking what? <laughs> I need to fuck? I need to pull this up then. Pull it up, Kang. Pull it up. But look, let's let's give Sam a call because I'm sure he's anticipating this after 48 hours of bullshit with me via text. Hell yes. Um, so give give him a call and and we'll we'll hash it out. Alrighty then. All right. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we we're spent off obviously off clock. Going through, you know, hotels, ferries, car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So, it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting (laughs) therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HowLong today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HowLong. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's neutrafol.com promo code how long. We do apologize for the runaround. We had some technical difficulties yesterday, and it's, you know, I want to make sure you understand the blame is fully on Jason as he is the a- AV team of this podcast. I have nothing to do with any technical stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't blame you, Jason. It's okay. It happens. Okay. You can forgive him. I'll hold my grudge. We can, we can, well, him and I will deal with it privately. Um, well, you know what I'm I lost my <laughs> appetite. <laughs> uh, Sam, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I'm a... Uh... This is going to sound like really kind of like fancier than it needs to maybe, but I had my house cleaned for the first time since March, like oh. by, a, by a person who isn't me. And sure, sure, sure. I had a feeling that was the catch. Th- this is a this is a very pro professional house cleaning podcast, so we respect that. Yeah, but I mean, my my house was just cleaned twenty four hours ago, baby. And you, you know what? TJ already made a big old mess, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. I mean, I, I'm as a person who's living in a hotel, I get my I get it cleaned as often as I can. But I think the um, there's nothing the sheet now. Now, did you have the sheets and towels cleaned or did you do that yourself? Oh, I'm I'm a big fan of like getting it, like having it all washed and then kind of just like having her make the bed like super pro style. Mm, I see. Yes. Yeah. Nothing like a crisp corner from a professional. I couldn't agree. You like I a, mean, little if you're... Flo- a little foreplay before before you really <laughs> yeah. dive in for a oh, scrub. Oh, there was definitely some pre-clean cleaning happening. You have to. You have to. It's out of, it's out of respect for, from professional to professional. You have to do that. Um, are you you lived in New York for a long time, though, right? Yeah, I lived in New York for 12 years, I think. Wow, a graduate, and now you're in you're in sunny Los Angeles, where I am displaced, and Jason is from. What what hood are you living in? I'm in Atwater Village. Oh, Gatwater, we call that Gatwater Spillage <laughs> on this <laughs> side. <laughs> um, but so what Jason, what gangs are you in? Oh, oh, the, the ones that are left. How many are left? <laughs> am I right, brother? It's not even not my America. Um, but right now it is pretty much just the the Tunerville Rascals and uh, the Avenues, pretty much holding court in Atwater. See, I wasn't even aware of that anymore. I thought there was like nothing. Uh, yeah, the only the only real gang is like when somebody reaches over you at the farmer's market for a, a collection of kale 
<laughs> which is <laughs> violence will strike at that point. Which is and it's very fraught now to do that. I feel like my farmers market experiences are like are like you're like get get your arm away from my body. So are you are you going to the Gatwater farmers market? Oh. I'm actually as as a person who doesn't cook, I've been to that shot a shocking amount of times. And do you get oysters or do you get the Jamaican food? I have had both, but I don't make a habit of getting either. I feel like as a guy who lived in New York for so long, I'm not like the Jamaican food is good, no hate, but it's not like same quality. Oh no. I mean, yeah, I mean no one's gonna disagree with you on that. LA has a lot of great food, better food than New York in some areas, but Jamaican food and anything of the Caribbean type, we we are not at, at all coming close to New York. And that's it's not so, bad. <laughs> it's it's passable, but but what celebrities have you seen at Proof Bakery? Oh man. Uh Natalie Portman. Classic Portman viewing area. Her fat ass yeah. is there every fucking day. <laughs> I have not once seen you there, Jason. <laughs> Damn, you haven't seen. You know, Portman's putting down the canales. Like I don't know how. She, I don't know how she's doing it. But, yeah, um, I kind of stopped going there after it turned into like a weird liberal arts coffee shop. But you know, you you wasn't there back in the day. You know, you were probably still in New York when it was when it was prime proofing. But. You know, you, that's no fault of your own, Sam. That's true. It's not my fault. I did see uh, a funny one that I, this doesn't count, but a very uh, specific moment was walking by there, like right before the pandemic started, and seeing Zach De La Roca and LP having a conversation about that is that is actually <laughs> my fucking nightmare. Hey, one one out of two ain't bad. De La Roche <laughs> is, De La, is look. De La Roche revisionist history yet again. We've talked about on this podcast. Raging the Machine was radio rock, and now they're looked at as this thing that they weren't. I don't get it. The only cool thing about De La Roche is that he was in Inside Out. That's the coolest thing about him is that he's a real hardcore kid. That is the coolest thing about him, but I think in terms of rock star energy, rock star lifestyle swag, he you could do a lot worse than De La Roche, and he probably – you know, does good things with his supreme riches that he has created over the years. And he's probably a chill, normal guy. I used to yell De La Roach at him whenever I saw him, and he, <laughs> he did not enjoy it whatsoever. Do you think him do you think him and Morello are splitting this shit equally, Sam? Or do you think who's got the who's got the more royalties coming through? Uh I would That's guess a great question. That is a really hard question to answer. I was about to just impulsively say that he's got more and Morello's kind of like, I think Morello you know, donated all that donated too much of it. So, so he was, his money taking privileges were revoked. No, I, I think, he, you he know, I think they made a, a similar amount of money, you know, maybe even the same amount of money, but, but Tom, you know, he spent it all on like MIT degrees and, and ACL donations. And Zach is over here getting the fucking escalade. On, that's put it that's up cool, on but but LP is my enemy. He doesn't know that. Um, but run the jewels are my enemy. Um, so, <laughs> but I understand those guys linking and building. It kind of makes sense. Sam, are you, a, are you a are you a run the jeweler? Are you a, are you a jewel stand? It's complicated. The short answer is no. The long Good, answer we were is about to, we were about to hang up. We we're about to hang up. <laughs> okay, the, what is? Why is it complicated? LP or, is LP your cousin? Is LP your cousin? L, LP is not my cousin, but I have a, uh, 
you know, everyone's got their like teenage music thing. And my teenage music thing oh. was underground rap in a very, very deep way. And Sam, you're a deaf jucks daddy. <laughs> I, am, I, <laughs> I, I would say that those two. Yeah. I mean, sure. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Fuck it. I am. My name I'm is Sam. Take, and I, am, I am a deaf jucks daddy. Hold what, for applause. What was your, what, what, what was your, what were your number one Def Jux releases? Oh man! Well, I was I was in high school when they were coming out, like with the prime. So, like, I would say it was probably the Cannibal Ox album, the Cold Vein, that Ooh, baby, <laughs> that first LP solo album, Fantastic Damage, and then uh, <laughs> Aesop Rock's Labor Days. Oh my God! Okay, well, it's been nice having right, you, ladies, Sam. Thanks for ladies, please. We're gonna talk. We're, we're gonna talk about Everlane in a minute. Just hold tight. <laughs> I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta own this stuff. That's like I the agree. only no, thing. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, we all, know, we all have our own version of Def Jux skeletons yeah, in our closet, yes, right? Yes, Jason. Jason and I also, you know, we we were both into hardcore, so we think that's cool. When in reality, it's all kind of the same. It's all the same shit. It's all like it's all. I mean, I know I listened to the not to get too self referential, but I listened to the podcast you have with my friend Matthew Schnipper, and I was listening yes. to you guys talk about hardcore and thinking about how we spent years just arguing about whose music knowledge was more irrelevant, my underground rap knowledge or his <laughs> hardcore knowledge. It's, and I think mine's more irrelevant. I mean, I just I find even. Yeah, I, I don't. I just for whatever reason, I, I didn't ever. That stuff was just not part. I mean, I knew about it and like listened to it a little bit. It was like fringes to me, but that just wasn't really around in my life. And and I'm you know I thank God every day for that. I think I think both <laughs> genres under underground like punk and hardcore, and then underground hip hop like you know they both have the same amount of of getting people to have sex with you which is zero they both Mm -hmm. have the same amount of like weird fringe breakout success stories where you get like an mm that turns into you know the most famous rapper in the world or you get a you know like you said a de la roach you know or fallout boy you know let's use a better example you know something like like a real a real band you know what i mean let's just (laughs) you know band that actually sold some records you know had big hits you know Still relevant today. Do you think Fallout Boy sold more records than Rage Against the Machine? You fucking dumb dumb. Come on, bro. I mean, dude, honestly, I would like to see that. Let's I take it. Like let's do it. Let's take it to the tape. Well, first of I all, like Fallout to- Boy, one of the absolute worst bands of all time. I'm not going to let you do that on this podcast, Jason. Fallout Boy <laughs> oh, has slashed, bro. <laughs> oh God, he. Lo- I mean, he just looks like Magic the Gathering, like sorcery guy. He, I don't care. He's, I'm he's not never saying had his penis sucked in his whole life, and he's singing <laughs> falsettos about like, oh god. Oh, sorry. He sounds like Michael Jackson. You don't like that? That's your problem. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I'm not. I, I stopped <laughs> listening to Michael Jackson after some news surfaced, Chris. You not so much. <laughs> I refuse to I, play his music, Jason. As a Chris Brown defender, I'm not going to allow you. To just, yeah, Jason's a Chris. Jason is a Chris Brown. Apologist and confirmed on the record. Proud card carrying member of Team Breezy. I make no make no mistakes of it. Uh, Chris Brown makes a good song, does a good dance. Follow Chris Boy Brown, makes awful music for uh, for for like autistic teens who have weight problems. Fallout Boy has at least five good songs. At least Sam, back me up here. I. What do you mean by good? <laughs> what do you I mean by not. good? You, I mean, there's a difference between good and then successful or like money making hits. 
I think they have at least three that cross both of those things. No, I mean, by that regard, like, so does LMFAO. And and more power to them. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, you're just, I, I don't, you can't be that mad at Fall Out Boy. I mean, I'm, I prefer Panic the Disco if I had to choose, but, <laughs> you know, oh, both, both. <laughs> I would, I would rather listen to Panic at the Disco than Fall Out Boy. I would rather listen to My Chemical Romance than Fall Out Boy as well. For sure. I agree with both of those things. I, I just think that Fall Out Boy has good, a few good songs. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. And, and, I've told you my Pete Wentz story on this podcast, right? Where I got so high and then I walked into to his house and Ashley Simpson was there and they were painting. Disney had sent official artists over to paint the, their nursery for their, uh, their upcoming I don't think child. I, I don't think I did hear this story, Chris. Are you kidding? Are you making fun of me? No, I'm not kidding. I'm dead ass. <laughs> that's the that's the story. My friend was living. My friend who worked for them was was living in their pool house, and him and I got fucking you know took one to the dome. You were high on what? I was high on marijuana. Okay, and we okay, walk. Okay. This is actually a great story. So I, we walk into the house. Ashley is there with with multiple artists from Disney, and they painted the nursery with Disney characters, like officially licensed, okay. which is very very <laughs> sick. And then. I got in the car and I was so blazed and I ran out of fucking gas on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they lived in like Bandit Canyon. Yeah, anyway, that I but I don't I want to say this. <laughs> I want to say, you know, I don't have personal allegiances to Fall Out Boy. I actually just think some of the songs are good. Even though even though in my time we were friendly, you know, it was business only. Well, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't show favoritism. Nobody's um, perfect. But but Sam works at the Fader, so he probably thinks we're lame for liking all this cool music. No, no. So I when I Worked at the Fader. I was there from 2006, 2007 through 2012. And glory days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I happened to, I remember being there with Will Welch, now the editor of GQ. And he was like the first person I knew who was like, who I knew personally, who was like, you know who's good? My Chemical Romance. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? And that's why Will Welch is at the top right now. That's why Will Welch is on the top of Nasdaq because he understood that the fucking Black Parade wasn't going to stop. Oh, God. <laughs> that's actually, I mean, I do think though now, we talked about this a little bit on this podcast, but I think that growing up, it was very uncool to have like a very diverse taste in music. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you like this one thing. And now I feel like all these sites that you contribute to, Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, it's very much, it's very cool to like intellectualize pop music and mm-hmm. I'm for it, but I, I don't, when did that shift happen? Because I feel like I, it just happened overnight and now it's part of the lexicon and part of the conversation at all times. Yeah. It, so it happened, it happened once before and people kind of forgot in like 2008, um, when you had like magazines like Blender and stuff like that, yes, yes, who, who like made that was like their whole thing is like we're going to be serious about pop music, and like mm-hmm. I don't, and and then now it's fully back, and I think it, it probably happened. It was happening like in 2012 a little bit, but I think really what happened was like as soon as companies started realizing they need to sell ads on the internet, people yeah. just started caring a whole lot more about pop music, which is like a pretty boring answer, but I think is just like honestly what happened. Like it's not. Uh, I guess it's probably rooted in taste. I guess there's probably some sort of like study that you could do with like all the 24 year olds that came up, like not reflexively hating on popular things because they were popular yeah. mm-hmm. and like just are now professionals. But like, 
you know, at the time I really think it was just like, all right, we got to sell ads and it has to be off of like our, our clicks and no one's clicking on stuff they don't know about. So Wait, no, that's, I mean, that's definitely true. That, <laughs> also, that's hundred percent true. I, I think pop music as a whole, you know, people started taking it more seriously as a genre when, you know, like, like Robin and, and, you know, people started liking like the old Kylie Minogue stuff mm-hmm. and, Certain certain songs and genres and uh, that was considered like dumb pop music in the past ended up being like kind of a good song that we all ended up liking. You know, Britney Spears stuff is celebrated now, and you know maybe people are just getting better at doing it, better at creating pop music as a real style versus just like a, a commodity. But don't you feel like it's kind of boring right now? I think it's right now. I pers- it's bad. Yeah. I think it's hip hop. I think hip hop is what pushed it over. The, I think that like the popularity of hip hop and that becoming popular music is like yeah. it's cooler to like that and talk about that than it is to talk about Ariana Grande. You, you know what I mean? And, but like, and, and hip hop has become pop music. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hip hop is all anybody wants to talk about besides you know me and yeah, Ariana. Ball, like. Ariana has not <laughs> had a slap in a while. You know. I'm, who you know all all the great i mean other than like dua lipa you know not much pop music is really grabbing grabbing america or the world by the by the balls too much do do people still like music just generally um a little bit but in generally i don't i don't think people really care about music that much they care about dancing and they care about music videos and dancing and they care about podcasts and stuff but (laughs) music music as a whole you know i don't really other than chris people aren't really listening to it that much from what i've seen just with the homies (laughs) uh yeah i mean i think you're probably right it's like i have a whole theory that i developed that is that would probably get me in trouble for saying it on twitter so i'll just say it here let's go which is which is hey excuse me hold on before you get into this don't imply that no one listens to this podcast because we will hang up the phone no when you see where i'm going you'll see they don't have a way to directly reply to us they'll just send him a dm and be like you know what you shouldn't have said you know i will get a dm that said you shouldn't have made fun of fallout boy and saying that autistic (laughs) people listen to it and that's fine i love autistic people i I this is the, one of the only podcasts that I listen to, and that's not even a lie. Woo! Wow, <laughs> blessed, blessed. So what? But what is your what is your my, theory? So my theory is that I don't know when it happened, but something happened in the way that people interacted with music, and the only thing that I can figure out is that there's been this like gradual, subtle takeover of kind of both in, in artists and the people covering music of theater kids. Oh, and, I like this. Oh. Fucking <laughs> door on oh, door. It's worse crime. than I thought. <laughs> and I'm not like I can't. I'm I'll, I'm. I'll go see a play, whatever. But like, I'm not down for a musical. Like, I think musicals are just. I cannot sit through a musical. Uh, musicals and, are all trash, baby. Hamilton, get it out of here. La La Land. Thank you. This, my this is a known. This is a known Hamilton hating zone. Um, I'm, I'm I, with I, you. I, I did see the Carol King musical starring my friend Vanessa Carlton and enjoyed it. So I, you know, I, I also saw that. there's exceptions I, I, to every rule, Chris. That's true. Did you enjoy it? You can you no. can slander. No, no wow. I, I did not so, enjoy it. I was waiting so for it to be over. So you don't like so you don't like hits. I guess that's true. You were you were you had your AirPods in listening to fucking Cannibal Ox instead of paying attention to the classic Jewish songstress. I I mean yeah, but the disrespect you, is unbelievable. Not much is cooler than Cannibal Ox, uh, Chris. 
or I mean, Cannibal Ox is not cooler than much, but it is cooler than Theater Kids. I'm sorry to say. That's it's I mean, that's, that's a good point. I don't think you're wrong about this theory. Okay, so, no, can I, you I, expand on this, my brother? Yeah, sure. So I I noticed it because I was I was feeling it was I was feeling like I would I would see people talking about music and I was feeling alienated and I was like, why am I feeling alienated by this? Like this is the same opinion that anyone else has, and I realized that like the way that everyone talks about things is like super performative and they value this like excessive like kind of fake emotion in music more than they used to and i don't mean like Mm. in like a cool fake pop way i mean in this like really dramatic way that i'm not like i don't are you talking are you talking about lana del rey no No. i think lana del rey is i think lana del rey is cool she's fine are you who giving us an example of somebody maybe I, i think i see that a lot with you know maybe like a juice world type you know rest in peace king but like you know, people who do that kind of sing-songy style of like, you know, your heart being broken and you're sad and depressed and you want to kill yourself I'm, and all that shit. No, I'm fine with that because there's like a genuine like youth movement around it. Like if there's like real kids in real life that connect with that, I'm all for it. It's more like it's more like when Taylor Swift does something mm. and I'm just like, this doesn't feel like I don't – this yeah, just she, feels Taylor like you're Swift like reading a, a script. a true theater kid energy for sure. Yeah, and and like that to me just translates to everything else, and I'm just like not. It's just it's boring. I'm not interested in. It. I don't like the. I don't like. I think that. I think that being cool is important, and hell yeah, coolness. <laughs> coolness is like not valued in music right now the way that it Damn, should be. Damn, I. You know what? Or You're the right. world. Or the world. But <laughs> I didn't I want to go that, that far. <laughs> like the like to me the big the, one of the harder pills I had to swallow musically was the the absolute insanity over that Fiona Apple album that sucked. Like I could not believe the the, the way people were like it was so it, it was so deeply uncool. And I just was like, I don't understand what people are clamoring about. This isn't good. And yeah, and it's but not- also everybody a month later all realized and fessed up to the fact that they did actually think it does suck at at the end of the day. <laughs> so they they, they <laughs> did make their yeah. reparations. But but I think that I think that like Lana Del Rey is leaning into not being cool and being like a chubby Midwesterner, and it makes me want to have sex with her even more. I can't back that. Like I don't. I'm. Ne- I mean, Lana Del Rey was, had a couple straight bangers out of the mm-hmm. gate, and and after that, I was like, I'm good on this. Like, it's not bad. It's just like it's not interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't like her new music as much as as her old music. That's for sure. But there still is a part of her that you know that has that George W. energy, where I would like to have a beer with her and ride around in the in the Silverado, and you know, just eat eat uh duncan all day with her or something you know i understand jason that i could see that for you as like an orange county redneck you could move to tulsa <laughs> and replace her cop boyfriend That's um, right. i think they broke I up did, they did break up <laughs> yeah but i i do think her like leading into this thing is so weird and captivating that it, I, I i can't take my eyes away i will say that it's it's, it's insane it's insane what she's doing do you feel like you don't understand it I definitely don't understand it because, like, where's she from? Like, L.A.? I have no idea. I can't remember. This isn't her. What I'm saying is this. I'm I'm almost positive this is not her culture, though. It's not like me returning to Atlanta and buying a a yellow truck and getting a Confederate flag. That's my culture. (laughs) What what she is and what she looks like and, like, the persona that she's created now in the public, to me, is, like, what every female – 
superstar artists of her same age range would look like and dress like and act like if they truly were were full YOLO mode and did not give an absolute F. Like if if Katy Perry let it all go, she would look like that. And and Taylor and everyone else, you know, all these superstar women, you know, we already know Pink would look like that. But you know, a house a Halsey or all these don't talk about Halsey. Like, no, don't talk about Halsey. We ain't going for that. Halsey one. keeps it tight and right, sure, but you know, if if she didn't have to, if she just said "fuck it," she would. I I think she would just she would long. Well, let's out. take what about what about like an example? I think is is closer is a Gwen Stefani, who has fully gone redneck. I'm literally gonna I'm married or going to marry a redneck, a mm-hmm. professional redneck. But Gwen Stefani is, is still looks amazing and looks like a superstar. No, she looks like a she looks like a monster. She looks insane. She's one of those she people like, that's just going to be a freak for the rest of her life. She's, she's gonna, had a lot of plastic. <laughs> she's had a lot of plastic surgery, but that's not. I mean, that's Hollywood, baby. You, Jason, you've had a little tummy tug. Don't lie. No, 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 no. That's that's, that's fake news, brother. You yeah. had okay. I I didn't want to bring this up, but you had your chin shaved just a little bit, and I, I appreciate the jawline. You mentioned that you would never mention that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so in the heyday of the fader, yeah. can we talk about the beef with Vice and how you guys tried to put a different race on both covers to sell more magazines? <laughs> uh. <laughs> can we confirm that that was basically you put a, you put a white chick on one side and a cool rapper on the other side? Tell me, show me the lie. So th- it's more like there was nuance to it, I would say, <laughs> uh, and it was not it was not every single issue, but. Uh, I think that the general thing was like, what you got to remember is like at that time, there weren't a lot of other publications that were like, true that were, that were treating all types of music as like, could go in one place. Like you had rap magazines, then you had like Rolling Stone and Spin who were like, kind of maybe like dipping into rap, but like their bread and butter was not rap. And so the fader was really like the only place where it felt like the reason that I even tried to work there, like when I did, which was literally right out of college was like, it was the only magazine that felt like it reflected like my actual music taste, which was like, yeah. I grew up listening to rap, but also like for some reason knew a lot about like indie rock and stuff like that. So yeah, I you like, like, I can tell you liked MGMT like we did. That's cool. <laughs> I'm into Norwegian <laughs> black metal and I also enjoy MIA and Santi Gold. <laughs> yeah. Santi, was, well, Gold, <laughs> Santi Gold is the ultimate fader artist to me. Uh, and that yeah, was like I, right when I came in and they were like, cause it was always like, because that was she was after MIA and like the goal was always like how do we get like like how like how are there not more people that are like MIA that are like doing similar things musically in terms of like just taking from whatever and little did she they know there's like only she was one do MIA. That. Well, yeah. there's only one fucking Diplo is really the, yeah. the bottom line, you know. And Diplo, Diplo was a Diplo wrote Diplo wrote some Fader cover stories which no one ever talks about anymore. Wait, what? Yeah, Diplo. Well, we, wrote, look, we call him Wes. On Wes podcast. does it all, brother. <laughs> But I didn't know Wes was sick with the pen. Yeah, he's nice. He's nice with the motherfucking pen. I think it was like a, a little collaborative. Like he got the good notes through and hey, kind of like documented. He wrote, he wrote a cover story on. You guys remember that song "Next Hell Chirp"? Of, yeah, course. of course, Jason yeah. played that in the club many times during his yeah, DJ so career. Macy, sure. and, the, and the whole piece was supposed to be about like uh, like snap music and. It just so happened that this was before my time at the theater, but they pegged snap music to the wrong artist, kind of like the prediction no. was like Maceo was not like not like they pegged it to the wrong person who created it, but it was kind of oh, like Maceo. Maceo is going to be like the 
like at the forefront of this new subgenre, and then it just like wasn't him. It was like D4L. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> D4L, friend of the podcast. How long yeah, gone? Favorite D4L. Man. How long gone? I mean, I legend ATL legend. And now, I mean, and now that Snap Music is has been sampled for Wet Ass Pussy and all types of popular popular music out today, which makes me yeah. feel old. It oh, yeah. also it makes, makes me feel old. But I mean, I think that I think that the fader, I I think the fader was successful with doing that. I just I was vice at the time, and there was a beef, bro. There was it oh, was yeah. understood that you couldn't cross enemy lines, yeah. and one of you was giving me a check, and the other one wasn't. So you know where I stand. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty ass. cheap. I'm pretty cheap. But did you? So did you write a lot of cover stories? I wrote a lot of cover stories. Uh, I became, I sort of like my beat was like it was funny. Like I came in. So I came in and I was like the, it was before there was like a real avenue for like kids like me to actually like make it in the industry. So I was like 21 and I was in this office and I was like, there were other people my age, but I like the fader was so small that I was always trying to get, I was like, I would be like, this is the next big artist. Like we got to do something with this artist. And the whole staff would kind of be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like we'll get to that eventually. And then finally I was like, right enough times that my, yeah, let's, kind let's, of became... let's, let's talk about who you, let's talk about who you found in the minor leagues and brought them up. Let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, you know, it feels weird. I always feel weird talking about it. Cause it's like, I didn't, you know, they, these people were going to be famous if it no, 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 weird, no, Sam. You know, no. look, real estate is my my gift. Yours uh, is music, and don't don't shy away from that. Yeah, sure, you don't right. shy away from who you are. So let's call them out. Who who did right, who did uh, you discover? I discovered no one. I helped make famous. <laughs> uh, I would say Tame Impala was probably like the biggest. Wow, J- J- Jason's favorite. And, <laughs> and you know what? For me, I want to say a big fuck you for that. Um, those guys are fucking annoying. <laughs> i I've, I've, got, I've always got a soft spot for them Chris, I, why, I are, loved... what is annoying to you about tame impala tame impala is at this point like mercedes commercial music but i i just never i get the i i, I wasn't ever opposed to it but it never i like never listened to that really it was like I, I don't know. I just, I just it seems. I mean, it it almost has all of the trappings of of a CB music. Like it, it the production quality Bitch, is there. Evan Dando. Evan Dando is not in the band, so it ain't. For me. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, they they lay down a tasty groove. They, if they are, they're not Uncle Tupelo. They don't sound like Uncle Tupelo. Sunbolt. Oh my god. I mean, it's it's pointless, really. <laughs> like it's there, and also I just something about it. It just. Some bands like that, it's elevator music to me in some ways. Even though it's more interesting than that, maybe it's become that. But in the beginning, I'm sure it was like really exciting. It was cool. It was like there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of bands like that at the time. And I, totally. I got sent uh, like a CDR with like three or four songs on there, and just like freaked out about them. Uh, Australians and love like, a CDR. <laughs> Especially in like 2007, we mailed oh, a CDR to the office. It's a band with a disc. <laughs> and so I went and so I ended up just like kind of being part of their career in this weird way. And like one of the last one of the last fader cover stories I wrote is I went to Perth. Uh this was like the stupidest thing. Damn, I went who to, paid who paid for that? Because I know the fader, fader didn't. Golden Days. Fader paid for it. Wow. <laughs> Days, yeah. So you did acid with Kevin Parker in his house. I I went to his house, but I did not do acid. I was there, I flew to Perth the whole trip, including flights and time change i was gone for about five days which meant what? it was like 
It was like two days of flying and then like a day and a half. Perth is a long, long flight. It was brutal. Perth is really fast. Yeah. Um, Well, so yeah, that's cool. One time I went to a record store in Perth and I took a picture of a dead stock silver chair dad had, but I did not buy it. And that's my biggest regret in, in fashion. Oh yeah, I'd be trying to buy that off you right now if you had it. I would say I would say that silver chair is better than Tame Impala. Silver chair crawled so so Tame and Paula could walk. Sure, but it's two it's two different things. (laughs) It is very okay. All right, fair fair enough. So, what did you do with Kevin Parker? Uh, We um, we we had a lot of meals. We wandered around. We broke into a beach that was like fenced off for some reason. Uh, we had a Dude, really fu- y'all did funny everything o- except kiss. <laughs> we had a really funny, awkward moment where, uh, <laughs> the town that he lives in is, or live, grew up in is so small that after I went back to my hotel, I was like, he had, he was going to do something else. And I was walking down the street to like, go get myself dinner or something like that. And I ran into him and it was like when, like one of the Batman movies had come out and he was going and it it had come out in Australia and he was going to see it with his girlfriend and he felt like we ran into each other on the street and he clearly felt like he had to invite me to this movie with him and his girlfriend. But I was like, so, so clearly didn't want me to come. And I so clearly didn't want to go that we had this like weird standoff over like a Batman movie that we were, it was just like a very odd. If you want, you can come with us to see the dark Knight. No, Tame and Paula. It's fine. I don't want to go see it. Tame. Hey, Tame, it's cool, bro. I don't want to go. Um, that's a pretty big claim to fame, but let's move on to number two. Who, who else we have in the in the You can't have any made? more Tame to fames in that in that oh. pocket of yours. Pull it out. What do you got? Uh, I got uh, Salem. Okay. Ooh. You know what? We need to Uh-oh. talk about this. Because <laughs> people's, people's, I mean, I was there for all that, and I'm like, I like Salem. I think it's cool, but is Salem, is the excitement right now just nostalgia or is this new shit actually slapping so i think i think the the new the new songs have not blown me away yet uh i think they're promising but i think that so i think it's partly nostalgia and i think it's partly like a lot of people who didn't know what to do with it last time around who kind of feel bad that they're hating on it and like (laughs) like i i get like i you know the salem was the first experience i had where like the simple act of me writing about them and trying to like put them on, like kind of screwed them up a little bit. And I feel guilty about it to this day. Like I, you know, I was like a big champion of Salem. So they got booked to play the Fader Fort in Texas, which was like the that show was, they that, did. I remember the that was Fort. a show that did really bad, right? Like they, it, they had an awful performance and it was like a, it became like an internet thing, right? Yeah. It essentially like destroyed their, their like cred for a while. Did they get, did they get, were they signed to a major? No, they didn't. They were, they were on this, this like kind of major indie basically. I think, the, I think they were, mm. I mean, they, they kind of look like, the movie Good Time now, which I didn't realize until after the fact, but I think I think maybe they they were probably a part of a Good Time mood board when they were when they were putting together the visual elements. But I was I was asking or talking about in the group chat can can Salem survive in a post hundred gex world that we live in right now? What say you, Sam? Uh, I think that the it depends on how people take the concept of a white dude pitching his voice down when he raps. 
which is what's happening there a lot. And, you know, tough, time, tough times for that kind of experimentation right now. Yeah, I thought, but the well, songs have come out and he does it on the songs yeah, and no not, one has that's, said anything. That's what a so. lot of people, a lot of people do that nowadays. And a lot, you know, there's a lot of successful, you know, like suicide boys type of shit where it's like white guys making awful versions of like slowed and throwed or like reverbed out, you know, a poor man's chopped and screwed style music. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I, I think there, you, you have to be like more maximal about, about your, your branding and presentation to really succeed. And Salem is always going to be too cool for school in that regard. I think where wasn't, wasn't his thing though. He's like hot. He, well, there's, there, there at one point was three of them. And yeah, the kind of, the guy who, who raps is, is an attractive man who, uh, Courtney Love was friends with for a while. Maybe still is. It's a big old I had flag, a, baby. Is he straight? Is he straight or gay? He's fluid. Hell yeah! So he's so maybe he is for the moment. If he look, I could see it. He just needs to get in a little editorial, you know. Unfortunately, Purple Magazine isn't what it used to be. <laughs> <sighs> you know, <laughs> might be a roadblock. Might be a roadblock for him. I think the definitive Salem story that I have that, and I don't remember what year it was, but maybe the details will be able to place it. Is it was the winter. And it was after it was after that that like kind of fateful Fader Fort performance, and I was at the Jane Hotel. So there is one thing, and Sweetie, I was probably there too. He probably, and he came in, and we never met in person. He was wearing white tennis shorts, and it was like full on like New York February winter. Sick. And uh, he, I got introduced to him as Sam from the Fader, and he jokingly, I guess jokingly, was like, "Thanks for ruining my career," and like grabbed my shoulders and pretended to knee me in the balls. Uh, and I was wow. kind of like, I mean, we were, you know, we, it was friendly. Like we talked for more minutes, but I think about that all the time. Cause I was like, in this joke, there's like some truth and it's not my fault, but I do feel guilty about it. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, as a, a true journalist, you can't, you know, they, they dug their own grave. If you suck, you suck. Well, in <laughs> what way do you think you ruin their career? Well, I think that I just like, you know, there's this thing, like what they were doing, I think is now fine. Like the fact that they that they didn't really have a good live show was like not something yeah. that people really could comprehend back then. They're like, "Well, what do you mean? You're like a working musician. Like, how come yeah. your like live show isn't good?" Mm-hmm. But now it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, I don't, you know. It's you, like, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, have you have you had some some altercations with subjects? Has anybody like confronted you about something bad? Has there ever been a real knee to the groin? Exactly. Uh, no, I've had like. Uh, I've had like wet guns. I had a gun pulled on me once. What? <laughs> yeah, so Chris, you did, Chris, so keep you talking sweet about Run the Jewels and Killer Mike is going to pull <laughs> no, out the I, AR-15 I was, real fast. Killer Mike, is, Killer Mike is pro-police, so you never know what could happen with Killer Mike. <laughs> no, he's he's strapped up. He's got the Draco on him, bro. He's got the, he definitely he's has got the, the Draco character. on him. <laughs> it wasn't because of anything I wrote. It was just like introducing a – like I was like being brought into a world – and no one had ever written about these artists before, and they were like sort of understandably suspicious of me. Where and, was this, and what artists are we talking about? Man, I don't I feel bad saying it because I feel like the gun thing is like very uh, illegal. I guess, hey. it was, I guess it was a long time ago. If uh, it happened, it happened, bro. Look, the truth will well, say you, you don't. You don't. You don't have to say. You can you shut can, up, Jason. Shut up, Jason. You don't don't a clue. Chris can guess it if you give him a clue. So okay, well here's the thing: is it? It wasn't so okay. So (laughs) (laughs) the very, very, very first Fader story that I ever did, uh, feature that I ever did was I 
had come across um, this rap crew in Huntsville, Alabama. And is it Rich Boy? No, this was after Rich Boy. Uh, okay, they didn't really. They kind of like they kind of made a name for themselves a little bit. Like Diplo got in the mix at one point. Oh, here really we go, Wes. Wes again coming <laughs> up on this fucking is podcast. It, is it Paper Route? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I. I don't remember. I like randomly came across a song. Like they had these producers who were like incredible, who were like making like they had that song with that guy Jackie Chain rolling. Mm. That was like yeah. the first time that I think I maybe ever heard like a like a trance song flipped as a sample. You've never heard Dim Jeans DJ since then because oh. he did a lot of <laughs> he did a lot of trance stuff that was kind of early. I'll, I'll send you some. I'll send you some MP3s. I'm a trance man, sure. I guess, you, I guess you weren't on the holler board, but go ahead. I, he probably I, was actually. I, I lurked it occasionally, but so it wasn't one of them that pulled a gun on me. It was like when I got there, there was like a bunch of people around and it was sort of like some of them knew that there was like a reporter coming through. Some of them didn't. And mm-hmm. one guy who was there like didn't know and kind of like pulled out of his waistband and he didn't like. Do, he was just like kind of like it was like a threatening. Like, he was let, he was letting you know that that he had a weapon and he would use it on your little white ass if you. There said was a lot wrong. of like, who is this guy and like why would a writer come down here? Which is like very understandable considering the fact mm-hmm. that like this was still like you know there was no like we were like a national magazine and I was like you guys don't even have like like I can't even like buy a CD from you you know right. yeah uh, and it was more like here's what's going on in this like in Huntsville Alabama and in, in rap music and it ended up being a great experience and I stayed in touch with like most of those guys and still talk to them and you know I don't know what the deal was with that one dude but <laughs> there's, there's one of those guys in every crew it's fine yeah Jason Jason's that guy in our Jason's crew. that guy Jason, I've never yeah. seen never seen Jason pull a gun luckily. <laughs> Yeah, well, well you're, yeah, you are better for it because he'll wet up the whole block. Jason, <laughs> Jason ain't afraid to let it spray. That's his whole thing. Yeah, I have the toolie <laughs> on me right now. <laughs> I'm currently gripping the toolie. Um, all right, so you, so you, so you, okay, that's a pretty good list so far. Let's let's round it out with a third just to really pump you up. Oh man, jeez, uh, this one I wasn't as this one I didn't get to go as far with, but I definitely was the first person to write about the weekend. Wow! Uh, wow! And, Glass and table it, girls, and it didn't. Two yeah, out of three. Game bad. <laughs> Jason's, a, Jason's a weekend hater. Luckily, I'm OG OVO crew certified lover boy in store soon, and I, I was, I understand the appeal of Abel testify. You know what I'm saying? And I understand the early stuff. Jason wasn't there. Jason wasn't in Toronto at the in the time. I get it, Jason. I get it. You weren't at. Jason was at OVO Fest one. Sam, I was. I don't know. I was there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're cool sorry you were busy djing with stevie Oki. you're cool um, this is way after that loser that's true that's true you were djing with someone else i can't even think of their name but i i so what did you write about the weekend so it was just like the uh, like a song or even maybe like one song had come out and no one knew what it was and i was like this is amazing i gotta like just you know it was in the classic like blogging era so i just like blogged about it and we got we all got very excited about it we didn't know there was any kind of like drake connection yet and then that started to emerge, and there was this like months and months long push where we were like, we got to get the weekend on the cover of the fader, and no one knew what he looked like, and he ended up not doing it. And I remember being like, why would you not? Like, I still to this day, I'm like, that probably would have been like the best look for him at the time. You should have hit my line. I could have, you know, put you in touch. But I, I understand. You know, what look, I mean? we if, didn't if know I look like the weekend, I wouldn't want to be photographed either. 
We could even we did some like we put some people that didn't want to show their face on the cover in ways where you couldn't see their face, uh, and it was fine. Zombie, we did it. The list goes yeah. on. Zombie. That, maybe that, that was, was it. That. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Zombie fucking rules, baby. Even though he's That's a bad a, person, where did he go? He like kind of disappeared, huh? Yeah, I think he. I think he was had a little bit too much of the gear and lost his mind and probably like you know hit hit someone that he shouldn't have or you know. Can I ask you guys who zombie? Can I ask you who zombie is? He's uh he's an infamous kind of mythical British producer that makes like grime and UK funky two step music. Um, kind of like I don't know, like yeah, he just kind of like produced like grime instrumentals and and he made some really really cool music. But he's known for notoriously being an asshole, not showing up to sets, you know, being abusive to women, I believe, like all kinds of bad shit. Yeah. Mm, R.I.P. Zombie. Well, so. You also worked at Vulture, correct? Yes, I did. Right before I moved out to LA. Okay, I got some beef with your your ex coworker Craig. <laughs> what's what's Craig. your beef? <laughs> Craig likes de- Craig likes the Deftones too much, and I don't I, liking the Deftones is that's that's on site for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you fuck with the do you, Sam? Do you fuck with the Deftones? I fucked with the Deftones. Yeah, when I was fourteen, the Deftones were fucking bomb as hell, baby. I actually, all, all joking aside, Craig's brilliant. I love his work. I love following him on Twitter. Deftones it seems like a hill he's willing to die on. He, the thing about Craig is that he is, uh, his Twitter presence is like a lot more intense than his real life presence. And it's, you know, all, some say that, some say that about me. No, you know? I can't say the same thing about you. You are, no. you, are <laughs> you are, you are as loudmouth IRL and IR, IRT. In real Twitter, mm. so you're so you're saying that Craig capping for the Deftones could be just part of a persona, or do you think he's really white horse hive? No, he definitely he definitely he <laughs> he would he would be totally fine with me saying that he loves the Deftones. Uh, Damn, that's yeah, crazy. but wouldn't you wouldn't you rather die on the on the on the Deftones hill than say a Fallout Boy hill? No, yes, hundred no. percent, yes, hundred thousand. No. Loaded, loaded, yes. god complex, cock it and pull it. I'll die. I'll <laughs> die. <laughs> I the depth, the Fallout Boy. I just the thing is, no one, no one talks about Fallout Boy. Like there's some critically acclaimed deep artists. Everybody knows what they are. The Deftones people talk about like it's some life changing music. But it, but for a lot of people, like they were like they were. Deftones they were did like change a full life, gateway bitch. band. Like they're a good, they're a hot topic mouth breather suburban gateway band, Jinko band. That's yeah, what they are. But but if you're like if you if you were like 14 when they were out there like covering the Smiths, maybe the first time you heard the Smiths was because yeah, of through a Deftones cover. Yeah, don't don't look, Sam. I see what you're doing, and I know I know <laughs> what you're trying to do. You're trying to bait me with the Smiths, the best band of all time. I'm not going to go there, Sam, because I learned about the Smiths through cool. Yeah, who did the Fallout? Who did Fallout Boy cover? Like Disney Kids, the Kids Bop, or something? Or Shut like, up, did Jason. They, did, they, did they cover Little Mermaid? Like, what did they do? I don't know about the Fallout Boy cover catalog. All I know is that the Smiths are not some obscure band that you, you need to find out about through the Deftones. You did. You did in like 1998. Look, I'm telling you, Sam, I am I was around in 1998 and I found out about the Smiths before that from hardcore bands, which are the which is what the Deftones wish they were. Well, not everyone is as cool as you, Chris. And Thank thankfully you, we have we have a band like the Deftones to to give us a gateway, you know, like Jason, are you white horse hive? When I was 14, I was I was copying for the tones, but also, you know, Damn. like there's a lot of music when I was, you know, in middle school that that looking back now i am not super duper into but it helped 
get me into other stuff. Like I was listening to Tool real heavy when I was thirteen. Tool is it? Tool is another one that I absolutely put in the bin. Right, and and I don't listen to Tool now, and the music did not age well for me. But you know, looking, you know, at the time that listening to them, and then I dug deeper into other music, and then I found some stuff that I actually. Would be, I understand. Would be I understand. Today. I expect I expect more from my co-host, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> but, you know, but, I mean, but if you get into a Fallout Boy, like where does that lead you? It doesn't lead you fall, to anywhere. Let me explain. Great. Let me explain to you about Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy were coworkers. You know what I mean? They were. They were. They were. A, a, you know, when I managed a band, Sam, be familiar with a band called Cartel. Yeah, <laughs> I ma- I managed Cartel. Okay. So you have to understand that this was my. You know, Fallout Boy were were contemporaries of ours. Uh, much much more successful, but contemporaries of ours. So maybe I have a little soft spot for them as a band. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, you definitely do. It's not a maybe. Sam, what is your stance on Oasis? <laughs> Some good songs. I'm really glad that they exist to argue and like have personalities and uh, kind of like find like their their like the large majority of their music to be like sort of boring, but like the good songs are amazing. Okay, you know what? That's not what I'm looking for. Sam the answer I, is I think Sam and I have very, very. When I ask you, guys, when I, when I, Sam, when I ask you, what do you think of Oasis? You say greatest band of all time, and that's where we end it. <laughs> your little nuanced, like little take, which was, which was, I would say, you know, you're saying they're good but not great. I understand that take, but are you a Britpop daddy at all, or is no. that not really? Oh, no, geez. that was never. That was never my shit. But if you have not to, even as an adult, you, as your taste has developed, you don't even go back and understand just, the greatest I, no, genre because, of all like, time. My, no, because my point of reference for it was so small that I just like don't really connect to it that much. Interesting. I understand. I understand mm. that. Um, well, what are you connecting to these days? What are you jamming in the in the um, in the Tesla? Man, this is always a really hard question. I uh, there is um, there's this speaking of Salem. Actually, there's this mix. Uh, that they did that I I listen to mix on YouTube. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that mix. That thing is that thing to me is incredible, and it's even more incredible to me because I like I think I like tweeted about it or something, and all these people were like so mad that I liked it. Like complete strangers were like, "This is just like a poorly mixed like," and I was like, "I don't care. Like I don't really care. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know why you're mad that I like this thing." What was there, matter, was there a criticism of it? It was a it was poorly there was mixed. there was nothing about it. It was just like a mix. Like it doesn't, you know, mm. it doesn't. It's just like some music. Maybe there's some new music mixed in there. It's well, a lot they, of like edits. They yeah. expect more from you as a professional critic, and I do too. To be honest, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like I like the mix. Okay, though, I, I understand yeah. the that the mix is better than the songs. I would say. Sam, right you, sm- you smoke weed when you listen to it, or no? Uh, I have, and I've done, I've listened to it sober too. I've done both. Damn! So Woo. Sam's bump, Sam's cruising down Hillhurst in the Tesla and zooted up listening to the Salem <laughs> He's chiefing some big doinks, and he's and got those big doinks. Sam said, "Pull over at MedMen because he ain't even driving because the Tesla drive itself." You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Thank God. Um, well, well Sam, also, you- also we, you know, you. Sorry for interrupting, Chris, but we were talking about the the Rolling Stone 500 best albums of all yes. time. And yeah. I think we should. I think we should do a deep dive just into the the top ten. Um, uh, what's I haven't looked at the top. Well, 10. number one is I have it pulled up. Well, no, 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 Chris. We'll work. We'll start at we ten got? and we'll work our way down to okay, one. Okay, yeah. Let's start with ten, Jason. Go ahead, bud. Number ten, Lauren Hill, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, nineteen ninety eight. All right. So here's my thing with that. Oh. Uh, that album. I I feel like there's a reasonable place for that and that's probably somewhere like that was that thing was such a big deal like if you look at like the impact of that i don't listen to it 
anymore, really ever. I think Lauren Hill is like a really talented rapper, but like, and there's some really good songs on there, but like, it's not an album that I'm going to come back to a lot at this point in my life, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, Top I mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. It has some amazing legendary songs. I don't songs disagree. On. Lost Ones, you know, what, what a great tune, etc. But, you know, top 10 of all time, of all the music ever is a... You know, I would, I would maybe, I would, I would put that at like one ninety eight instead of ten. Wow, that's also Very. fair. That's the thing about these lists is like anything you say, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Number nine, <laughs> Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Okay, I'm with that. You know, I'm with that. Dylan Hive. Mm. Yeah, that's that's that's. I would say the, the. I'm assuming there's. Are there any other Dylan albums coming? TBD, in the remaining TBD, eight, my friend, but that one had a lot of big <laughs> tunes on it. You know, it we're not going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil it for you. What's number eight, Jason? Prince, Purple Rain. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's that's. We fine. all agree uh, with yeah. all this, dev, you know, decently enough. Yeah, you can't. That, you can't. How bad can you be at that? You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like they're. It's not like they're putting fucking Carly Rae Jepsen in here or something like they mm-hmm. they, they, they Pitchfork would do. But, okay, but Sam, um, would you say would you say Purple Rain? I don't even know if that is the is Prince Prince's best album, let alone the number seven album or number eight album ever made in the history of music i mean i think if you get into like the psychology of the list which we absolutely shouldn't do but like it's like it's a, a, it's a it's a good like you got to get prince in the top 10 and that is a good choice yeah okay, okay. Fair, fair fair okay number seven fleetwood mac rumors let's fucking go i'm more yeah. of a test guy oh i'm i'm yeah i i don't does rumors have um Blue letter on it? I don't think so. This one has "Go Your Own Way," "The Chain," sure. "Don't Stop," "Dreams." You know, it, it yeah, has that, the most single. Yeah, that's like, got to be songs. there. I mean, that's got to be there, and they're cool, so it's yeah. got to stay. It's got to oh, stay. Yeah. Also, What's number also six? "Rumors" is the number six best-selling album in the history of music. That's not, I did also not, not surprising. I, I did. Wow! 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 That's crazy. That's that's crazy. Okay, number that's six. Crazy. Number six. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. Nirvana. Never mind. I mean, uh, sure. No, <laughs> we're anti-Nirvana on this podcast. No, we're wow. not. I'm a. I'm. I grew up in Seattle. I can't be anti-Nirvana. Oh wow! I, I didn't know you were <laughs> well, you, an agitator. You grew up oh, in yeah. the anarchist compound of Seattle. Oh, did I ever? Damn, bro. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Nirvana. Never mind. You know, life changing music. I'm more of a fan of Nirvana Unplugged as a as a piece of okay. a piece of well. art. Though. Number five, <laughs> the Beatles, Abbey Road. Sure, whatever, just, man. Uh, I I just like don't like. To me, it's like not interesting to talk about the Beatles anymore. Wow, Sam, Sam's getting agitated. This list from his competitor, Rolling Stone. I have no competitor. Yeah, I agree with you. He said there's no competition. I broke Tame Impala. There's no competition for me. Yeah, yeah. The that is the Tame Impala of our generation, or the Beatles of our generation is. Yeah, it's like Ti. I, I mean, do you really? It's just <laughs> Tame Impala, no, not not rapper Ti. Sorry. No reason to talk about it. I agree. Uh, Jason, continue because Exile Main Street hasn't been named yet. Number four, um, and- Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. I, you know, you can't argue with that one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. you, could maybe, you could maybe make it a little higher if you wanted to, I guess. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Number three, Joni Mitchell Blue. Mm. Uh, 
Mm. You know what? You know what's interesting about that? That, like, obviously that album is going to be, like, considered a classic, especially by, like, Rolling Stone. But I think that that album right now is probably, like, super, super impactful for a lot of people. So that makes a lot of sense to me. It's definitely extra relevant, right? I would agree with that. It does does have the... uh, the song "A Case of You," famously covered by James Blake, absolute, absolute <laughs> modern day uh, tearful do not, slap. Do not bring up James Blake on this podcast; he's canceled. James James Blake fucking plays those keys like Alicia on that song, boy. Oh my god! <laughs> Number okay, two. This is I. I agree with this hundred percent. Beach Boys, "Pet Sounds." Sure. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Boring. Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, not in the top ten. Absolutely. Number demented. one, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if that's crazy. I don't. I mean, it's not the number one of all time in the history. Of that music. is not number one of all time. But I what, mean, is, what is even like? I don't even know how to like decide what the number one album of all time is. How does that work? It's well, gotta the be way fucking <laughs> Mozart, Beethoven, baby. You no, know what I'm no, saying? no, no, it doesn't. It, I'm. Sh- I think it's, in my mind, it's the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Even though I agree, Sam, that those are both kind of boring. Uh, I, I don't. Exile Main Street is better than all ten of these albums. Okay, here's here's some albums that I'll scroll through that I think that should have been in the ten and said Michael Jackson Thriller, canceled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Exile was fourteen, Chris. That's fucked up. Exile is the greatest record of, 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 of the Rolling Stone style shit too. Like, yeah, I know. show me a show me a cooler record. But anyway, London Calling. Should've... Okay, okay, pretty pretty sick, but that I'm not surprised that's not. I'm happy yet. to see my beautiful dark twisted fantasy at 17, though. No, no, yes, no. yes, that <laughs> that is by far the greatest Kanye album of all time. We've talked life. about oh this. On this. We've talked about this in this podcast. Sam, before, is this but... the first time we disagree? It might be. I really disagree. Okay, preach on that, my brother. <laughs> well, you should uh, that... start a podcast, then, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that album. That album is. Uh, is like is boring to me. It's like it, wow. like both in the way that it was. So you don't like, like ballet either. Look, he's <laughs> got he's got Elton John playing the piano on all the lights with with John with like Legend singing that shit. He's got thirty seven other people on there. He's sampling <laughs> King Crimson. You know, damn, that is fire. He's doing all kinds of wild shit, baby. He's got Aphex Twin samples. That was the first time Bonnie Vera was 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 in the motherfucking mix. The list goes on. What, 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 is, saying, what is your favorite? Think, what's your favorite Kanye album then? Uh, I'm I I guess in a way it's Yeezus, but not like what? Yeah, bro, you crazy for that one? Yo yo yo, your your Kanye machine is broke, fam. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you ain't ever heard College Dropout? A little album called College Dropout? Oh, gotta, no, Yeezus Yeezus is a a really cool album that I really like, but I don't think it's as you good. You guys are both fucking nerds. Nah, we only <laughs> we only like when I like Kanye when he was with like Cameron and trying to be oh. cool. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but College Dropout is like not a cool album if you listen to it now Absolutely. for the most part. Yeah, Gold it's, Digger is such a bad song. Ugh. It's it's super well, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's yeah, one that actually, Chris, Chris will will absolutely love. Number nineteen, To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. The worst, the worst rapper of our generation. No, uh, he's not the wow. worst, but he's he's. I don't. We don't like Kendrick Lamar. I don't, and I don't exactly know why I don't like him. Yeah, Sam. Why is Kendrick Lamar so uncool? <laughs> uh, because he is 
he's uncool the same way that like anyone who's been similar to him in the history of rap is like uncool, which is that like, you know, I, I like Kendrick Lamar. I think he's really talented. I don't like all of his music. I don't like when he gets preachy, like, yeah, but I think that he, you know, it's like, it's not cool to be sincere. Really. He is like, as sincere yeah, as you're absolutely, you're right. That, that's a problem in this society is sincerity and earnestness are canceled. We don't want any of that. I hate it on Twitter. I hate it in music. I hate it. I don't want any of that shit, especially in hip hop. But I don't think he's not talented. I mean, I, I, of course, it's like undeniable, but like he's just uncool, though. You know what I mean? Where it's just like I, I, I don't nothing about him appeals to me. I never think about it. It's like forced on my throats, you know, throat during like award shows. And that's the only time I think about him. Right. He's the Deftones of rap. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's uncool because he doesn't he doesn't he, do, he doesn't really like fit in like the cool thing about rap is when you like uncover these like different scenes like mm. yeah. before before we got on this track i was going to talk about this other this dude i really like from flint named ynj who has a mixtape out still no clean called, water <laughs> still no clean water in flint it's bad uh Called, he has a mixtape called Coochie Land. <laughs> and all, all of the songs are oh, I love on that, that theme. Uh, he has oh, a, Jason likes this already, I can tell. Jason, yeah. Jason pulled up his Kazaa and is downloading this right <laughs> now. We're, we're going for another hour. Lock the gates. Mark Maron voice. Uh, he, he has... I, I came across him because he had some snippet of one of his songs is like big on TikTok and I always like look to see what like those kids are, are like listening to on TikTok. Real dad shit, kids. Oh yeah, real dad shit right there. Um, and I came across him and I was like, oh, who's this weird rapper from the Bay? And then I was like, oh, he's from Flint and all of his songs are basically the same, but he has so much style and he's so like, he does not give a fuck. He's amazing. Do you think he gets a lot of coochie himself? Uh, there's a lot of dudes in his videos, so mm. unclear. Well, Sam, I don't know if you ever heard of a little genre called rap, but you know, there's usually <laughs> there's usually 20 dudes in the video, but maybe there's some chicks too, depending yeah, there on. There is usually a fair share of fellas in the vid. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what what do you what do you think the role of criticism is right now? Because there's a lot of critic haters out there, yeah. and I, I find it to be I find it to be very important to hear hear you know. I love talking to the greatest minds of our generation um, about about music. And we've had a lot of people. We've had John Carmonica on the podcast. We've had Joe Coscarelli on the podcast. We've had a lot of, you know, Matthew Schnipper. We've had a lot of music people on the podcast because I personally really like that. we've had some good ones, too. Yes, yeah, we have. We've also had other good guests, yeah. But, but like, what do you, why do you think people are so mad at critics? Like, why is it all of a sudden unacceptable to, to give something a, a, a look under the microscope versus just, I like this. Um, I think that, uh, people don't really understand why they would need criticism now, which is like somewhat fair. Uh, like if you're not really spending money on music, then like, why do you need someone to tell you where to spend your $0 when you can just go Mm. listen to something? Uh, but I think that what's happening is that a lot of people are identifying as critics, but aren't critics. And so they end up in this mm. space where they're kind of like throwing wild opinions around in ways that maybe aren't like fully thought out. Which makes I'm feeling, mad. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit attacked right now. But I'm going to let you continue. <laughs> but I think, but you know, I mean, criticism is obviously hugely important, and I think that we're just in a stage where, like, also, oh, the other thing too is that, like, if you're a fan of music, you, whereas before you maybe would listen to what a critic had to say about music, now you just want to know what 
you just want to hear it directly from the artist and artists have always hated critics and hate them even more now. So if your favorite artist is like, fuck all critics, then you're going to be like, fuck all critics too. Mm, and, but and I, I think, do you think there are some artists that do like critics because people would argue that, that critics are the ones who are, you know, able to, to see or read an artist's creations and, and give them feedback to hopefully make them better one day. Yeah. I mean, I would say that like in general, blanket, generalization i can make is that most rappers really appreciate critics and it's something that i've always loved about rap music is like there was definitely a period when i was working at the fader where you'd talk to like a mid-level indie band Mm -hmm. about like maybe doing a feature in the magazine and they'd be like act all like too cool for it and then eventually do it bro i hate i hate band of horses too man those guys are just dicks (laughs) yeah they were good on tony hawk pro skate Continue. Uh, that's a game. Uh, but but then like with rap, there's just like a better understanding of like the give and take between like you know what someone's saying about your music and what you're trying to say with your music. And I think that like a lot of that shit got like ironed out by the time I got in the mix. Like yeah, you know like like literally like people like running up on people at the source. Like none of that was happening by 2007. Mm-hmm. So like it, all of those lines had already been figured out and drawn. So like most rappers, I feel like, are very good with talking about criticism and like hearing it and not taking it personally or taking it personally and moving somewhere else from it. Mm, that's good to know. I, I just think it's a, I think we're going to get into a, uh, I, I just think it's very necessary with all art forms. And I think music is the one that appeals to me the most. And is like probably the most like universally, you know, universal as, as right. far as like what, what people are talking about. So I would hate to see it go away because like, musicians are pussies and tiktok rules you know what i mean like i don't yeah. want that's not the world that's not a world i want to live in well it's never going to go away it's just it's just going to get like harder to find and it's not going to be bankrolled by anyone well that and that's the problem we need these big banks to come in and put some stuff some money in your pockets so you can keep paying for that tesla and all this weed <laughs> um but what is the so what what are you writing about right now like what are you are you are, is it is it strictly music or are we entertainment where are we I'm I'm in a I'm in a um I I took a little break from music writing cuz I was just burned out on it. So I have been uh writing about art when I can uh like more like profiles. Like I just yeah. did a profile of Andrew Quo. Uh Our, a former how long gone guest, a graduate of how long gone university. <laughs> um a, a great New Yorker and and a great guy. Yeah, amazing amazing dude. Terrific um, New Yorker. Yeah. Where did you classic. where did you where was this profile written? Was it essence? Uh, Yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It was very good. I, I, Thank I'm you. familiar. I forgot that you wrote that. I apologize. Yeah, and I'm that's okay. And I'm uh, I'm doing another one for them right now on that dude LSD World Peace. You know about that guy? Yes, yes, yes. I do know about him. Yeah, that one I've been working on for a long time, and then I like put it aside, and I'm coming back to it. So I feel like I'm like shout out to Essence Electrix, you know Durga, um, yeah. for really holding you down. Dude, yeah, she's been. I mean, I've known Durga for a really long time, and I just one day I was like, I should be writing for them because it's like you can do shit like that like who else is going to accept an lsd world piece like 2500 word profile no 100 percent. no the editorial is a plus and i'm not just saying that because i write there as well yeah um and then well, i'm doing a bunch and then i do like you know creative agency like copywriting stuff no i see you're good so you are making the all right so he's making the big bucks i'm not as worried about you as i was before <laughs> oh yeah you don't need to be worried about me uh, only in the sense of feeling jaded. I guess you could worry about me. I mean, look, we're all, we all feel, we're all old white guys here feeling jaded <laughs> as the world passes us by and, and we're still talking about Tame Impala. You know, it's, 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 it's really our, ours to lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Grab a towel because we're, we're washed, bro. 
<laughs> God damn I'm it. cool with being washed. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, did you, so when you left, when you left Vulture, it was just to go freelance and you wanted to move to LA. Was that the idea? Yeah. I had a, I had a kid and I was like, damn, I didn't, what's up daddy. I didn't realize you had a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a toddler and he's like two and a half. Um, I had Shit, a kid bro. and I was like, my wife and I were in a one bedroom par- apartment in New York and we were like, well, were you in we Brooklyn? Get- you can be honest. Yeah, of course. Well, I think that's the problem, but continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I know she, and she, my wife would agree. She moved, she had like a sick uh, rent controlled studio in the West village that she gave up so that we could move into an apartment together in Brooklyn. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Love is too powerful. Yeah. Like she was like, I really don't want to live out here. And I was like, well, we're doing it now. So, um, so but basically we, we, we were sleeping in our living room and, uh, giving our kid our bedroom. And we were like, this is stupid. Like, this is insane. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we living this way? And so I didn't want to move out to LA. So we just came out and New York magazine was cool with me, like working for a little while, but understandably they wanted their, you know, music editor at New York magazine to exist in, New York City. Those fucking narcs over there. You know, I, I know a few people at this little quote unquote New York magazine. I've heard of it before. And them not allowing you to work remotely. Failing it's, it's, NY that's Mag. They, failing I mean, New York magazine. Is your Chris, is your is your column still going? The column is currently being rejiggered, but it is going to return bigger and badder than ever. Um, I, I'm actually working on one right now. That's great. That's very good news for me because I feel like I genuinely find I really find it useful. I'm not just hey, saying you know, that. it's great to hear that from my peers, not just um, my fans. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear that. And and Jason would never be honest and say that he buys everything that I post. So it's, it's nice to hear from someone else that actually reads it. Yeah, it's great. It's either like it either validates a purchase I already made or makes me want to buy something else. <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, it's tough in L.A. because everybody dresses like shit. So I hope you're getting these fits off. I'm, I'm getting no fits off. These Chris, wow, you know I buy, I buy every $7,000 briefcase you post on that website. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, that's why, that's why we're friends. That's why we work together. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, our, our relationship is strong, and, it, and I'm glad that monetarily you're spending. And I know, putting I know money how back the click, into the environment. I know how the click-through economy works as well. And that's good, a, yeah. can, I, can I ask a question about the call? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> that I never asked anyone that I could have easily asked in an office for years is uh, when you know when you like recommend something and it's like kind of more expensive than the average person would want to pay, and then there's like a parenthetical that's like, or you can get this like cheaper version yes. here. Is that your inclusion or is that an editorial? Oh no, inclusion? no, I would never. <laughs> that their inclusion. Are you kidding me? No, no. But I, I actually, I mean, I think that part of the reason I like doing it and and the fun of doing it was also like including things at a real price range. You know what I mean? Like, of course I'm going to put something from the row that costs $3,000, but I will give you the unique low option because that's truly how I see the world. You know what I mean? So I think that that it, and that's fine if you can't afford it. (laughs) I mean, too bad for you, but there's something else out there for you that will satiate that need. Right. And I really appreciate your uh, advocacy for the, for the Uniqlo uh, Oxford. The only brand, well, the only brand that matters. I'm, you know, it's 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 truly the the greatest, and um, I think people should wear it more. I agree. I I was buying those in bulk when I was like 22, and I had no money, and I was like, I can't believe that I have this, that I can just get these. Exactly. And I, and I still wear them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They they last. I have a couple that are really worn in, nice, just really fitting my wasp fantasy. 
Um, <laughs> Sam, it was really nice to chat with you today. Sorry for all the back and forth, but um, it was great to oh, have okay. you. And I, I think we learned a lot. Um, Jason, do you feel like you learned a lot? I sure did. Thank you very much for doing this pod, Sam. It was a, a true pleasure. And despite and, us only disagreeing on that Kanye record, I think we are cycle sisters as it pertains to musical tastes. Yeah, we'll we'll fight over the Kanye record in the street. Yeah, um, well, you, well, you guys one can... last question: Where do you stand on Radiohead? Uh, oh. <laughs> some, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old, which means that Radiohead occupied an important place in my life when I was a teenager. Answer the question, Sam. I, li- <laughs> I, I like Radiohead. Great talking oh, okay. to you. Great, great answer. <laughs> Sam, where, uh, where can people find you online, on, on social media, etc.? You can, you can find me on Twitter at Smith, or uh, I've got a, uh, a newsletter that I try to write about, mm-hmm. about shit, uh, a, a Substack. Um, wow, surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> got to do that, it. Gross life. Called? Gross life. Uh, great. And then G R O S S. Yeah. Great. Grosslife.substack.com. You know, put, put some shekels in, in his account. This is a new father guys. So it's, you know, any little, any little bit helps. It's, it's a struggle out here as a writer. I know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all right. And then you'll Damn! <laughs> big bucks, big bucks over here, Jason. Do you hear the well, Chris, Chris, he's a real writer. You know what I mean? Oh, I understand. I understand. He's not doing. He's not okay. I, I know I'm not, but I'm glad that he is. And everybody's making money. Um, diapers are expensive. Sam, thank you. Um, you guys go 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 read his writing. Um, go, he's wrong about a lot of music stuff, and that's what makes him great. Um, <laughs> we will. With Sam, we'll talk to you soon. Jason, go fuck yourself. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye. guys.